Welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast as we explore the mind of former MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner Brett Boone as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. On this episode of the Boone Podcast, Brett sits down with World Series champ and Super Bowl commercial actor, L.A. Dodger, Max Muncie. Here's a high fly ball into right, absolutely belted. Muncie points at his dugout and will take the drop. And now, here's your host, Brett Boone. Welcome to Boone Podcast. Uh, Today we welcome a guy that's got a pretty interesting journey through professional baseball. 2020 world champ, Max Muncie. Muncie, welcome to the program, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. You got a long way from Midland. Boone hitting Muncie grounders. And the next thing I, I see, I look up, and, and you're celebrating with the trophy. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Uh, Want to go back. Let's let's start at the beginning with Max Muncie. You grew up in Texas, drafted professionally, but you end up going to Baylor. Talk to me a little bit about your Baylor experience, your your college your college years. It was awesome. Um, you know, if I could go back and do it all over again, uh, I'd do the same exact thing. It ended up, be, it ended up being the uh, – the best choice for me, you know, I, I was drafted out of high school, but there was no way I was ready to go into pro ball. Um, I wasn't ready to be away from my family yet. Uh, just, you know, I had a lot of growing up to do and, um, I was able to do that when I got to Baylor and, um, you know, I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I am today if, uh, if I hadn't made that choice. So, um, you know, it was one of the best choices I've ever made in my life. And you end up, did you play one of those years? Did you play in Cape Cod? Uh, yeah, I played there two years, um, 2010 and 2011. Because, okay, we've got a pretty, you know, we got a pretty good age difference between you and myself. But when I was coming up, okay, so I'm, I'm in the late 80s. I'm at uh, USC. And there were only two choices back then. You either went to Alaska or you went to Cape Cod. I always went, to, I, I went to Alaska uh, for my years. But now I've got a son that's about to go to his first uh, spring training and and they've got a lot of options now in college baseball. So, you know, back then it was like if you weren't an elite player in the country, you really didn't have a choice for the summer. But it's I think it's come a long way. Do you like that Cape Cod? I was always nervous back then. I'm thinking I don't want to show these scouts what I do with a wood bat. I want to use my green east and rake. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get the full Cape Cod experience, as I would say, because I was in Wareham, which is not technically on Cape Cod. Um, you know, you're on the other side of the bridge, but, uh, you know, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I had some really good teammates. Um, you have a lot of teammates that are still playing, playing today. You know, I was with Matt Barnes, George Springer, uh, you know, Alex Dickerson, just a lot of guys that are still playing today. So it was, uh, it's kind of fun to think back that we were all on the same team at one point. So you go in your fifth round pick in 2012, go to the athletics. How was that? Uh, how was that for you going from college to pro? Was it, was it an easy transition? It was a weird transition. Um, you know, the skill level, it was, uh, um, pretty similar. Um, you know, they, they say big D one baseball is, is equivalent to maybe high, um, or maybe even double A. I don't, I don't know that it's, uh, it's that close to double A having gone through it. But, uh, you know, for me, it was, it was a weird transition because being at Baylor, you know, we, you could say we were spoiled, you know, we took, uh, we took charter planes. We, uh, you know, we stayed at, at nice hotels. And then, um, you know, I sign and I get sent to, to low A for my first games and, uh, I'm in Burlington, Iowa. And, 
you know, it's the, it's the weirdest experience I've ever had. You, 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 I get, I get invited to stay in an apartment with some of the guys. There's 10 people staying in a three bedroom apartment with one bathroom. There's air mattresses all over the floor. Uh, you know, you're, you don't fly anywhere. You're taking a, you're taking one bus. That's pretty, pretty broken down. Sometimes the air conditioning doesn't work and you know, you're traveling 15 hours on a bus. It was just uh, eating peanut butter and jelly. It was kind of just a, uh, a weird experience for me or, or sorry, just peanut butter. If you, if you went on a winning streak, you'd get some jelly maybe. Yeah. And, and I remember back in my days, you know, I signed in 90. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. My first assignment, I went to the Carolina league and I remember after my first game, I'm coming from USC, big university. You know what? Like you said, you know, it, when you're at some of these big universities, you, you do get spoiled a little bit. And and low A ball, it's starting to get better. You know, I'm starting to see nicer facilities at the minor league level. But especially in my day, and in, and when you first signed, some of these aren't the nicest places. And and I remember because I came to work when. Uh, People out there listening to the Boone podcast right now, Munson and myself worked together. I was an assistant with the with the Oakland A's and in, in, uh, back in 2014, 2013 and 14. But uh, you know, I got I, I I went and I'd meet I'd meet with you guys, and, and it brought back all those memories to when I was a minor leaguer, and I'd go down <laughs> to those low A ball guys. They're eating peanut butter, and you're lucky if you get some peanut butter because it might be out by game time. But um, yeah, it, it makes it makes you appreciate what you get down the line, and, and you look back at those days and go, "Wow, remember when I when I was sleeping on an air mattress? Now I'm now I'm building a big crib in Arizona, which I hear you're doing right now, <laughs> which is pretty awesome, pretty awesome, man." So let's yeah, talk yeah. about let's talk about those days when when me and you would go out and and. Uh, you're playing first base. You win in 2013. You win organizational player of the year, and you're a first baseman. But but I remember noticing you and and Ole Olson, who's now the first baseman for the uh, Athletics. I, I remember you both were very gifted defensively, and I remember going in and go, "We got to get, we got to get months." you know, playing some other positions. He's got, he's got the ability to do it. And it's going to give you some options down the line, you know, professionally. Let's talk about that a little bit. How comfortable were you playing second base? How comfortable you are, are you now? And third base or, or is first base where you're still most comfortable? Um, well, I'd say my, my most comfortable position is second base. Um, you know, I'm not entirely sure why. It's just, uh, I feel like my reads, my reactions, the way I play, it just fits best at second base. Um, you know, it, in terms of being most comfortable, you know, maybe first base, you'd say just because I have the most time there, but I enjoy second base the most. I feel like I just get, um, you know, the best reads and reactions at second base. Um, you know, I don't know what, why that is. And then third base, you know, third base to me is a difficult one because, you know, third base is a hard position to just to jump in every now and then if you're not playing third base every single day, uh, you know, it gets kind of tough to make those, make those plays over there. You know, the ball comes at you in strange ways when you're playing third base, you know, the top spinners, it's hit 120 miles an hour, uh, the slow rollers, you know, it's just a completely different position when you're playing third. And, you know, everyone thinks that if you play all over, you can just slot into third and it's not a big deal, but you know, it, it really is. Third base is tough. So as we open the, we open the program with is you, you really do have an interesting journey, a lot of success uh, at the minor league level early. And we go from 2013 being player of the year 
to getting your release in 2017. How did you land with the Dodgers? And how did that come about? And, and when you signed with the Dodgers, uh, what were you told? I know you went to Oklahoma City. What were you told by the organization when you first signed back with them? Yeah, so uh, as you said, I got I got released in 2017. It was, um, you know, it, it was one of those things where uh, it was uh, I, I wasn't in the best place mentally. So when I got released, it was almost like a sigh of relief. Like I was almost happy about it. It was just I wasn't enjoying playing baseball at the moment. So um, you know, I, I got got released and went home and was at, was on the couch, kind of just hanging out for a little bit. And um, you know, the opening day comes along, and I start seeing. Uh, um, you know, I start seeing guys getting called out onto the field and playing in games that I'd played with and I was friends with and, uh, made me realize that I was kind of missing it. And, you know, I, I don't, I didn't think I was ready to be, uh, ready to be done with it. So, um, you know, reached out to my agent and, uh, you know, said, Hey, let's see if there's any interest in some teams. And, um, you know, Farhan, uh, who was with the Dodgers at the time texted me and, uh, actually gave me a call. I was out on the golf course and he, you know, called, he's like, Hey, you still interested in playing? And I was like, yeah, um, you know, I'm definitely interested. And he goes, well, we'll see if we can make some things, uh, work and we'll let you know. And then about three weeks went by, I still hadn't heard anything. And, um, you know, I was out to, out to eat with my, uh, with my family and, uh, my, my wife and, um, you know, we got a, I got a call from my agent. I said, Hey, you're getting ready to get an offer. I think we should take it. And, uh, uh, you know, five minutes after he sent that text, the Dodgers called me and said, Hey, we, want to bring you in uh, we don't know if you're going to go to double a or triple a and you know i said it doesn't matter um you know just a chance to play it's kind of really all i want all i want again so uh sign with the dodgers coming to coming to extended spring training to do all my physicals and medical and make sure i could go and you know played played two or three games in uh an extended spring just to you know get my feet back underneath me and you know that was inter- that was kind of interesting interesting to me because i i loved it um you know extended spring is probably the bottom of the totem pole in, in terms of minor leagues, but I love to be in there just going out and playing games. And, um, you know, I told, I told Kapler who was the player development at the time. I said, Hey, I'm ready. Get me out of here. And they had a spot open up at AAA and I went to Oklahoma city and, uh, spent the, spent the entire year there. And, um, you know, just knowing that there wasn't going to be any up and down, that's where I was going to be. It was, uh, it was awesome. It was kind of just, you know, work, focus on yourself and, uh, just, just, enjoy playing the game. And that was what I did. I just went out there every single day and acted like I have a kid. Didn't matter if I did good or bad. I just wanted to enjoy playing baseball. Well, and, and, uh, you know, I was so happy for you and, and I've been so happy for you in your, in your recent successes, because when I was down there in Oakland, I was only there for two years. You, you kind of get a little bit of a bond with, with some of the players and, and you had a lot of big leaguers come out of that, those a ball and double a teams in Oakland when I was there. So I, I keep track with all you guys and I'd heard months got released. And then all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden I, I, I kind of start paying attention and there's months hitting 35 homers, pick pimping homers, yelling at bum Gardner, <laughs> hitting balls in the lake. <laughs> and just recently, not only are you a world champion now, but you did a super bowl commercial. Tell me a little bit about now. Let's not talk about the career. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the commercial and how did that come about? Yeah, that was uh, uh, you know, pretty much right after the uh, right after we won, we you know we went back home and we were just enjoying enjoying being a champion at the time. And uh, you know, my agent calls me, okay, like, hey, uh, what do you think about being in the Super Bowl commercial? And I was like, well, what do you mean? He's you know, well, Bud Light's uh, they have an idea and they they want you to be in the commercial. Um, I was like, well. 
sure, that sounds awesome. Super Bowl commercial. Everyone's watching that. Let's, you know, let's, let's do it. So they flew me out to LA and, um, you know, we spent the entire day, uh, um, you know, originally I think I was supposed to just be, you know, the whole thing was they were, uh, um, showcasing their new lemonade flavor, the seltzer lemonade, I think is what it was. And, um, originally they told me to bring a glove cause I was going to be catching a lemon at first base. Um, you know, instead of a baseball kind of just looking at it all weird and I get there and they say, Hey, uh, you get your cleats and your helmet, right? I was like, what are you talking about? Um, so Hey, we're going to have you running from second to home. And, you know, before the day was out, probably, probably 18 to 20 times I was running from a uh, second to home, which, you know, I was not ready for that. That's a lot of running, but, um, you know, we did a bunch of takes and uh, I think, I think originally they had plans for an extended commercial. Um, you know, cause I was out there, I, I was out there acting like I was dodging lemons as I was rounding third. And, uh, when they released the final commercial, it was kind of just, you know, a short clip of me, of, of me, you know, getting after it, trucking home. But, uh, you know, it was a fun experience. It was awesome. Very cool. And I want to go back to the, uh, 2018 you get invited I, I got to do a couple home run derbies and and history won't be too kind for me if you pull up those on youtube i i think i hit three or four well it was different back when we were doing it it was a different i think you guys do a better job now of, of what the rules are for the home run derby but talk to the audience a little bit about what it's like in a home run derby because we're we're used to as players you know, we hit BP every day, but we always have that cage over us. And now all of a sudden you're put out in the field, no cage over you, not in a game situation. You got cameras in front of you looking up. Uh, how'd you like that? Was it tough for you? It, it, I had a tough time with it. How was it for you? You know, I, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was fun. Um, you know, before the first pitch was thrown to me though, I was freaking out. I was really nervous. Um, you know, like you said, you don't have the cage, you don't have the cage around you. So it's a completely different feel. Uh, to me, the biggest worry was those two giant cameras they have on the first base and third base line to get the close up, close up videos. And, you know, those are right in your face. If you hit a, if you hit a rollover ground ball, you're breaking a, a $500,000 camera. Uh, you know, that to me was the biggest worry. So I was sitting there saying, Oh man, just don't hit a ground ball. Don't hit a ground ball. Uh, but you know, w- once the, uh, once the first pitch got thrown to me and I, I took the first swing, I think I just, I popped it up or lazy line drive. I don't know what it was, but, um, you know, after that first swing, it was kind of just like, Oh, you know, it's just batting practice. You know, you, you kind of get, you kind of get, get over the fact that there's no cage and, you know, you then it just goes into, all right, let's have fun. You know, let's, let's do what you're good at. And that's just hit the ball a long way. This last year, uh, 2020, uh, what'd you think about the 60 game schedule? You think uh, major league baseball did a good job? I think they did. As, I think they did as good a job as they could have given the situation. Um, you know, that's something that I don't know that anyone's ever had to deal with before. May not ever have to deal with again. And, you know, there's a lot of back and forth between the players and the and the owners. And, you know, that's a completely different subject that I don't know that I really want to get into. But at the end of the day, I think they did as good a job as they possibly could have done. And you know, the biggest thing was they allowed us to play baseball, which, you know, for all of us on the Dodgers, we knew what kind of team we had last year. And we knew we had a lot of free agents going up at the end of the year. So we, we wanted to play a season no matter what. You know, that's kind of how we were thinking. And, um, you know, it, it was it was it was difficult. Um, you know, there was a lot of games, not a lot of time off. And the you know all the protocols they had to, for safety um you know you couldn't go about your normal day you know you couldn't get to the field and get extra work in the cage if you wanted you couldn't look at film you couldn't do any of that you had to just show up and play and it was kind of like a show and go almost every single day you know it just it made it made it real interesting well i think you know just breaking it down and analyze it from my side you know i i, I think 
I think you hit it on the head when you say they did as, you know, they did a kind of as good a job as they could uh, considering the circumstances. It was 60 games, but I think the way they set up the postseason, I, I thought was good because I thought you had to be a real good team to get through that playoff, uh, you know, calendar that they had set up. You had to be deep uh, pitching wise. And, and I think in the end, and, and I don't know if you differ with me on this, I think the two best teams were standing at the end and obviously the best team standing at the very end. But I, I, I thought they did a good job of, of getting the real talented ball clubs to, to the finish line. I, I, I did, you know, I, I applaud them for that, but, but man, what a tough thing. And like you said, the protocol and, and, and kind of having to, you know, watch what you do for, for 60 games. It's, you know, and I had talking to my brother about it with the Yankees and I just said, you got to be careful because if you come up with it, if you, uh, it, your guys are getting tested so often that if you just show up to the yard and you got it, it doesn't matter where you got it, whether it's your wife, your kids, your brother, your father, it doesn't matter. You got it and you're out of action. And now all of a sudden, Max Muncy can't play first base. That's a big blow for, for somebody like the Dodgers. So I, I think you guys did a really good job. Uh, everything considered. We just had your skipper on the, on the program. Uh, David Roberts, and and I remember watching him because you guys have had such a great run. You know, five straight division champions, uh, ultra talented team. Um, did you notice this year in particular that there was a little extra pressure, especially on that skipper? Because you guys have been there. You know, the Dodgers have been there three out of the last five years, and to finally get it done, I felt a little relief for for your skipper. Actually, how, how was that uh, mood on the field amongst the players? Yeah, I think I think you know it was excitement, but I think relief was there too. The whole thing that happened with the Astros and then losing to a Red Sox team that might be one of the hot that might have been one of the hottest teams in history, and then just you know losing to the Nationals the next year, who ended up winning. I think there was just some relief there, knowing how good we were, and you know just the talent that we had, and finally able to get the job done. It, you know, it just it felt like after each each one of those you know losses and setbacks, it just felt like man, the pressure is mounting, the pressure is mounting. And just, a, you know, it was just relief, it, you know, just a lot of relief for everyone, for the players, for the coaches, you know, for the, for the staff. It was just, yeah, I think relief is probably the best word to, to say for it. And yeah, I was just talking to my son this morning. We were going, we were going down and he was going to hit some BP and we were talking about the Dodgers. I said, yeah, we got uh, months coming on the program today. And I, I was thinking about your team. I'm like, here's the Dodgers. Great team. Just won the world series. And now you get Bauer to add to that rotation. And you have Price, who wasn't even in the mix last year. You guys, I, I just look, I, I love the Urias kid. I think he did, he's, he closed out the World Series for you this year. Obviously, the mainstays of, of Kirsch, the first ballot Hall of Famer, Bueller. Uh, you guys are just, you're loaded again. And uh, I think it's going to be an interesting. National League West, because because as you know, the Padres have gotten a lot better. I think Tatis coming in changed the whole dynamic of that team. They added uh, Snell and Darvish to that rotation. But as soon as you guys, you know, you signed Bauer and I just and you got your kind of your team captain back in Turner here recently. I think you just kind of one up them again. But but speak to the uh, Padres and the improvement they've made in the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, they've got a good team down there. Um you know, it's, it's, it's exciting for our fans. They get to watch, they get to watch a good team every time we go down there. You know, it's a, 
it's another home game for us. So it's, uh, it's, it's nice that they have a, a talented team for all for our fans to watch, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I but, think it's going to be a great division. I, I think it's obvious and clear cut where the talent is. And, and like I said, you guys, you guys, you know, I'm thinking, wait a minute, they, they get Darvish and they get Snell, but then all of a sudden you guys kind of come over the top with, with the Cy Young award winner in the national league this year to just kind of one up them again. So I look for you guys yeah. to repeat. I think it's going to be a, a tough division, uh, but I got to go with you guys with, with the uh, additions you've made this year. Talk to me a little bit about the, uh, the rules going forward. You like the, you like the, uh, they didn't extend the DH uh, to the national league, but what do you think about these, these seven inning double headers and uh, the runner on second. I personally hate the runner on second. I feel like I'm, I'm coaching uh, travel ball. I don't like the seven innings. Uh, and, and I kind of am at the point, I'm, I'm a baseball purist, you know that. But, but I'm kind of in favor now of the DH universal, just because I, I, I don't want to miss an Edgar Martinez or a, or a Frank Thomas or a big poppy. I think... More, you know, more of the big boppers uh, just adds excitement to the game. What are your thoughts on that? The runner on second rule, I hate that. Um, I don't feel like that's baseball. Um, you know, I just, I understand they want to get the games over quicker. And it, I definitely felt like it accomplished that. But, you know, I just, I'm not a big fan of that rule. The uh, the seven inning double headers, from a health standpoint, I do like it. From a baseball standpoint, I hate it. You run into one pitcher that's, you know, really on that day and suddenly they have their entire bullpen to throw the next the next game instead of having to scramble and, you know, use a guy for one game, which means he's out for the next game. And, um, you know, I, I'm not a big – and also when it comes to the seven innings, I just feel like if you're there, – there's too few chances as a hitter to, you know, you, you might only get two at-bats that game and, uh, you know, you could you could be in, for, in line for a real bad day. Um, it, you know, the DH, I go back and forth on that one. Uh, I, I like it and I don't like it. Um, you know, for, for me, I don't, I don't like it for the national league because, you know, that, that's a, that's a good way for a lot of guys to get at bats. Um, you know, when I first got up, that was a good way for me to get at bats that, you know, you, some young players that aren't going to get, get everyday roles, you know, that's how they can get their, uh, you know, get their face in there and, and show what they can do. You know, that was how I earned my way into starting roles. I was having a lot of good at bats when I was pinch hitting and, you know, just putting together strong at bats that way. And, you know, that got me a starting role, but at the same time, now that I'm getting older, um, I do like the DH cause it, it just, uh, it's another bat and it's a, another opportunity for guys to get off their feet for a day and, and still be in the game. And something that I find very interesting, cause you know, I played this game for, for a long time and I went through, uh, years where just as play, and you know, we're the only ones that really know the players that are down on the field hitting those balls every day, but we could tell from, from year to year, if, the, if they had messed with the ball a little bit, some, you know, for some little portions of my career, the ball was, was jumping a little bit more, was a little livelier. And then all of a sudden, it'd kind of go back to normal. They've actually come out and said they're going to deaden the ball. What do you think about that? I hate it. Um, you know, <laughs> of course I, you I, hate it. I would hate it as a hitter. At least don't tell I mean, me. Yeah, I mean, let, let's, let's be honest. The entire game is built, is built against the hitter. You know, now we have, we have shifts, we have, you know, every single pitcher is throwing a million miles an hour. It, you know, it's just, the game is built against hitting and we had one advantage and that was the ball might've been, the ball may or may not have been a little juiced. And now they're going to, they said they're going to deaden it. 
And that just takes away the one sole advantage that hitters had. And especially nowadays, since we can't even use the video room because of COVID anymore. So it's kind of, you know, the hitters are just at such a disadvantage now that I don't like it. Oh, that, that deadening of the ball. It, 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 like you said, at least don't tell us. So now it's not in your mind going in. I mean, that first day, you know, everybody's going to be looking at each other going, what do you think? What do you think? Well, I, I noticed it's a little, you know, so all of a sudden the psychology of it. Because when I was playing, I knew they would doctor the ball time to time and make it a little harder, a little softer, but nobody ever came out. They never admitted that they mess with the ball. They always, you know, they, they would just tow that company line and say, no, no, we've never done anything to the ball. It's always the same. All our measurements are the same. You know, as players, we know a lot of it's BS, but it, it was interesting to me that they actually came out and admitted it. I want to tell you how much I appreciate you coming on. Uh, proud of you from from our days in, in Oakland to all you've been through and to come out on top and and thriving in your career it's it's really cool for me to see i appreciate you coming on i want to wish you the best luck uh in 2021 and uh, what we do here on the boone podcast is the voice of the boone podcast dan levy comes in with a question from the fans dan all right this one is from don in new york max how did you get cast on the Super Bowl commercial? And did you tell anyone before the commercial aired? And did your phone blow up when it aired? So as for how I got cast, I have no idea. I just <laughs> happened to be uh, the lucky guy they picked. Um, you know, I'm thankful for it. It was a fun opportunity. It was, you know, hopefully I get to do something like that again. Um, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun working with those guys. And, um, you know, it was pretty cool to see the behind the scenes on how, how you know, they film that kind of stuff. It was, you know, it was really cool. Uh you know, I'd definitely do it again if they asked me, that's for sure. So I wasn't allowed to tell anyone before. I had to sign a, uh, a you know, an NDA, a non-disclosure that uh, I couldn't tell people what was going on. And when it aired, did your phone start blowing up? Yeah, I was getting a lot of messages. You know, people were, was that you? Was that you? Was that you? So, uh, yeah, it's was, it was pretty cool. All right. Well, Max, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. We had a great time with you. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. It was fun. Thanks, Mutz. Mailbag. Brett, you know that sound. That means it is time for the Brett Boone Mailbag. I've been waiting all day, Danny. <laughs> Somehow I knew you were. This one is from Sean and St. Pete. Brett, have you ever been in a TV commercial? Uh, I have. Uh, I did a bunch of the, I've done a uh, bunch of Mariner commercials. Did a yammy yogurt commercial <laughs> when I was in Cincinnati. <laughs> and I did a Brett beef jerky commercial. Oh, I'm so uh, looking these five. up. Oh, you got to see. I'm putting these in the intro. Yeah, yeah. I did a Brent beef jerky commercial about uh, five, six years ago. That is wonderful. All right, let's head back into the old uh, mailbag. And this one is from Braden in good old Long Island, New York. Brett, in and out, Shake Shack or Whataburger? Which is your preference? Oh, man. I'm in in and out territory in San Diego, California here, but I, I have this argument all the time with my with my kids. I think I'm going to say Whataburger. Really, I absolutely love it. Those Whataburgers in Arizona, Texas. Uh, maybe I'm just spoiled by having In and Out, you know, right down the street. But uh, I, I'm going to go with Whataburger. All quality, by the way. Those are the three. Those are three pretty top notch. You can't go wrong with any, either one of them. I've yet to have Whataburger. I love Shake Shack. They have them out in Chicago. In and out, we don't have, but that is fantastic. But I like Fat Burger the best. I'm a Fat Burger guy. All right. 
And on to the last one. This one is from Jimmy in St. Louis. Brett, best baseball movie ever is? Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears. The original, 1976 or 78. Walter Matthau, huh? Oh, it's classic. It's Little League <laughs> Baseball. Love it. Uh, for a modern day, the best depiction. I, I, I really not a fan of baseball movies. I, I don't like how, you know, Hollywood just has no clue what it's really like. They don't depict it well. Uh, but I'd have to say of the modern day, and, and when I say modern day, I'm going back 25, 30 years. Bull Durham's the best I've seen, but all-time baseball, as as far as just sheer entertainment, when I watch it and puts a smile on my face, got to stick with the bad news bears. All right. Well, that is going to do it for the Brett Boone Mailbag. We want to thank all those who submitted questions. You can do that simply by tweeting at Brett Boone at, at the Boone 29 You can also hit him up on Facebook as well as Instagram. Those are all places where we cherry-pick questions for this segment. For the former Major League All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glover, he is Brett Boone. My name is Dan Levy. We also have a, a, a website to head to, right, Brett? We do. BrettBoonePodcast.com. That's where you find all past episodes of this very podcast and all things that are, in fact, Brett Boone. My name is Dan Levy. We'll do this podcast again real soon. Take care, everybody.